The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week, I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Rob Kerr, who is a violinist with Walt Disney World Entertainment and plays a lot of weddings and private events. And I thought you guys would be interested to learn a little bit about violin music for your wedding, what sort of things you can request, maybe some help if you're trying to figure out what music you want for your wedding, and just some general information in this very important aspect of a wedding at Walt Disney World. So welcome, Rob. Thank you, Carrie. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Let's start off with a little background for my listeners. How long have you played the violin, and how did you get started playing for Disney? Well, I've played the violin since I was five years old, so pretty much all my life. I was classically trained. I uh, went to the North Carolina School for the Arts when I was 16 and ended up staying there through college, so I got my bachelor's degree there. I uh, then got a scholarship, and I studied in Scotland for a year with a famous composer. I sort of had an eclectic education, and then when I came back to the States, I ended up at the University of Tulsa in Oklahoma, where I got a master's degree in violin performance. So I was first a classically trained player, and I played in a lot of the symphony orchestras. I played in the Edinburgh Symphony and the Orlando Philharmonic, the Bach Festival Orchestra here in Florida. And when the audition came up in around 2002 or 2003, I uh, took the audition, and... I, I fared pretty well because I can improvise. As you probably are aware, a lot of classical players play exactly what's on the written page. I have always been somewhat of a free spirit, for better or for worse, and I love playing solo violin, and that's what I do primarily at the weddings department. So it was kind of a, a perfect fit for my abilities. That's awesome. So having had all these great experiences, would you say that working for Disney is kind of a dream job? It's absolutely a dream job. I work with fabulous professional people, and I'm in, a, I'm in a profession that I can truly say that I love. I'm part of a couple's most memorable, happiest day, and I generally run into pretty happy people, which is a very, you know, it's, a, it's an excellent thing as opposed to some other professions where you might run into people and maybe they're not happiest day. So this is a, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing for me. That's great. Now, do you usually play just for the ceremony, or do you also play for the cocktail hour and the reception? Yes. Well, obviously, Disney has different tiers of weddings. 
they've just instituted a memories package wedding where a couple can get married on the beach at the Polynesian Resort, for instance. And that is a ceremony only. So I will play the ceremony there. And some couples want to have a few guests as what they call a more intimate ceremony where you would get cake and champagne and I would also play for the reception for that. So I would do a ceremony and a reception. And then custom weddings where I would play for a very large reception and sometimes uh, have a trio or a quartet going into dinner and we would do that as well. There are numerous choices that you can have if you wish to have music at your wedding. Okay, cool. And do you find that most couples have very specific selections of songs that they want played, or do they leave it mostly up to you? You know, that's an interesting question because, of course, it it varies on the individual couple, but some couples are extremely knowledgeable about music and they know exactly what they want. Other couples do leave it up to you. And then there are some who are in between that know nothing about, say, violin music, but they know they like you know, country music, or they like rock and roll. And I have found over the years that I have all but abandoned a lot of my former classical books, you know, to play Mozart and Beethoven at weddings and receptions. Instead, I arrange and a lot of the popular, not only Disney music, but popular music as well. So I, I would like to say I'm kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades in the sense that people want what they listen to the most at weddings, and that's perfectly fine, and it's a lot of fun for me. I play some country, I play Celtic, I play rock and roll, I play jazz, and every day, I will say, I play a variety of different kinds of music, and I play as up to, say, five weddings a day at Disney sometimes. In the, in the very heavy seasons, I might play five weddings, and each of those weddings will the completely diverse musical choices. So it keeps me on my uh, on my musical toes. Huh, this is fascinating. And this is something interesting to talk about because I know a lot of brides have specific popular songs, maybe a song from a video game or a movie, and they are worried because they can't afford to bring in a sound system. And so they're going to have the violinist, but they say, well, can the violinist play this obscure song? I'm sure he's never heard of it. What happens in a situation like that? I've kind of carved my own niche at Disney in a sense because I can play things off the cuff and that's kind of a necessary part of my job, I feel. So if a couple asks me for something, my best friend has become YouTube and I will YouTube it on my telephone and I will play it back for them immediately. Obviously, I don't know that I play it note for note per se, but I get the essence of whatever it is that they're asking for. So, uh, you know, be it country or Celtic or classical or Disney or some obscure song like, um, you know, a really heavy metal type song, I can usually at, at the very least emulate what it is that they're wanting to hear and they're, and they're appreciative of the effort. That's cool. So going hand in hand with that, do you take on-the-spot requests if the father of the bride says, hey, do you know this one? I always do it. And I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's kind of a uh, slippery slope, obviously, because you can be asked for all kinds of things. But I have found that more often than not, if I'm open to trying something, people are, are pretty... Uh, pretty nice about, you know, bearing with me. And, and I usually get pretty close. And uh, I've found that nine times out of 10 people are very satisfied with the fact that I do on the spot requests. That's great. 
Now, if a couple leaves it up to you and they say, we just want Disney music, what kinds of songs do you play for that? Very often it would be things like, when you wish upon a star, a dream is a wish your heart makes, so this is love. Those would be perfect love ballads that every Disney file would be familiar with. And then people like some of the modern Disney classics, too. Now, obviously, The Lion King would be considered a a modern classic, Pocahontas. But even beyond that, I'm getting asked all the time for Tangled and most recently Frozen. So I would say I play a cadre of different styles of music within the Disney genre. Now, what's, what's really interesting is if you go movie to movie with Disney, you know, they have different artists featured, Phil Collins or Billy Joel or Elton John. Tons of different people have contributed to Disney's great genre of music, and it makes for a very diverse selection of styles and tunes to choose from. And that keeps me, again, you know, on my musical toes. It makes it makes it fun for me, actually. And I like to uh, I like to emulate the the different artists' styles when I play. That's fantastic. So then, what would you say is your most requested song? Well, if it's Disney, I would have to say hands down, it's a dream is a wish your heart makes, or when you wish upon a star. And then for dancing, very often it's Sleeping Beauty's Waltz, which was uh, lifted from Tchaikovsky. Disney set it to, to words, obviously, and then changed the melody, but they did so in a, in a very beautiful, memorable way. Also the theme song of this show. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, and so then what would you say to a couple who might be on the fence about whether to have live music or a recording? Obviously, with live music, there's, there's really one big advantage, and that is that a live musician can stop and start any time they want to. So what I do that a recording cannot do is time everything perfectly. Because I play by ear and because I'm pretty good at improvisation, say they're coming down the aisle to Pocketville's Canon, I will be able to top and tail that piece accordingly. So if it's for the bridesmaids coming down to the Canon, as soon as they're there, I know because of the experience of playing there for about 15 years now that I can, I can wind that up within a fairly well. I also know that if the bride is coming down to, say, the wedding march, as a, as a traditional example, if she's walking a really long way, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to turn this into a bit of a concerto. And then I, I try to uh, give a big fanfare, say uh, a proper key going into the, to the actual march itself. And then I'll make it last as long as I can and change it accordingly if I need to. Now, a recording cannot do that. The best you could do with a recording is time it yourself and hope you chose the aisle correctly or fade the music out. And, you know, with a live musician, you don't have to do that. Also, I do take special requests. And again, obviously, if you have a DJ, you can let them know your, your musical selections. But, but people like to, uh, to throw requests at me, and it's, it's, it's actually kind of a game at the weddings, you know, see if you can stump the violinist. It's kind of fun. Interesting. There are definitely advantages to having, you know, the, the music on CD, and, and the big advantage is you get exactly what you thought you would get. With a violin, I obviously am not singing the song. If, so, if, it's, if it's lyrics that are truly important, then you know, people want to 
either hire a vocalist or they want to at least try and emulate what it is they're hearing. But I, I can say at Disney, we do a very good job of being able to approximate the song in a in a very ceremonial way for a bride and groom and make it meaningful. Right. And I, I appreciate what you were saying about also varying the length, because I know as someone who wanted a recording for my wedding, I had to go time my walk. And with Disney, the different locations, some locations like Seabreeze Point, that is a long walk. It, it is a very long walk. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And and you're right. If you're practicing at home, you just, you better know the, you know, you better know the length of the walk that you're making, because sometimes it doesn't bear out in practice what the reality of the situation is so to be honest with you i think live music and i'm a proponent of it because i play it but i believe it's it's more meaningful i think we are so used to being able to and i'm guilty of this myself turning on my iphone and hearing the music that i like to hear you know anywhere and the fact of the matter is though i think there's a place for live performance and live music that is still relevant. And I think people appreciate the skill involved in being able to reproduce a tune on the spot or play it for a wedding live so people can really see it. I mean, there is a, there is a performance aspect to live music that a CD player just cannot ever come close to. Exactly. Yeah, there's that, like you were saying, you're entertainment beyond just background music. You're someone who can interact with the guests at certain points during the reception. And also, it's just something that it might seem old-fashioned the way sending out engraved invitations seems old-fashioned, but for a wedding, we still do those things because they have meaning. So that's a really good point. Well, there's a social aspect to music as well. I mean, music, uh, classical music started in parlors, but of course now it's ended up in huge other concert halls, or in the case of rock and roll, it ends up in coliseums. And, you know, you get 80,000 people packed in to see an Ariana Grande concert or, you know, a Billy Joel concert or whoever the star of the moment might be. And there is an aspect to that that is exciting and fun and seeing the artist live and hearing them actually reproduce the songs that you hear on the CD. If live music was over, then concerts wouldn't sell. And I think that's, you know, that's something that can be turned back to weddings again, that there is a place and, and a meaning for having a live musician there that makes it extra special. Exactly. Yeah. Now, is there a good resource online for couples who want to choose their own music, but they're having trouble picking what musical selections they want? Oh, there are, there are lots of resources. And I think probably the best tool to come to the internet is probably YouTube. If you even go to YouTube and type in wedding music, and you can get even more specific, like bridesmaid music, or they, they will actually have tons of links on there. And of course, if you just Google it, you will find all kinds of websites dedicated to the pursuit of finding the right father-daughter dance or the right cocktail hour music or the right toasting music. So there's there's always a special occasion. There's so many, you know, cake cutting, the kiss. There's so many things that people want to commemorate with a musical gesture. And there are websites dedicated to being able to find that perfect song. If couples are riding the fence on what music they want for a ceremony, 
or for a reception, I always tell people to think of what they normally listen to and what is most meaningful to them. Because more times than not, couples are think, uh, you know, he's just a violinist. He's not going to be able to play Metallica. Well, you know what? I can, and I do. And, it's, you know, Enter Sandman is, is certainly not, not the first time I've, I've had to play it at weddings. People ask for all kinds of things, down to The Devil Went Down to Georgia, which is a real popular one at weddings, when people get into the spirit of asking me to play things. <laughs> you mentioned something that I find is a recurring question among brides. What are some good suggestions of songs for the mother-son dance? This one seems to stymie a lot of us. You know, I wish I had something really, really specific. I mean, obviously, father-daughter dances are real easy to find. But unfortunately, for a mother-son dance, I can't bring to mind anything that's that's specific at this point in time. Sorry to say. That's all right. I just thought maybe if you'd seen one that like everybody was using. <laughs> but no, I, I. You know what? After after we uh, finish this conversation, I'll probably think of something. But but at the moment, I can't think of anything. <laughs> <Terrible>. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Now, many couples want to tip the musicians at their weddings, but they are not sure how much. Are there guidelines on how much to tip? I don't believe there are any guidelines. I don't ever ask for a tip if somebody wants to give me a tip. I think a musician would be uh, would be rude to think that anything at all would be necessary. And if you get something, I I always am very grateful and and take it gladly. <laughs> no, and that's what I usually tell people who ask me is that they will be glad for whatever you can give them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess uh, whatever people feel compelled to, to give to the musician is, I, I look at it as a musician, I look at it this way, it's, uh, it's, it's money I didn't have when I came to the wedding, so I'm very grateful for it, whatever it is. <laughs> That's great. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to hear a sample of your playing? I am actually compiling some samples for you right now that you can download and, and intersperse into this. Great. Yeah, no, those would be great. I can just put links to those on the post. So, Well, Rob, thanks so much for being on the show today. I think you've offered a lot of great tips and insight into the process of choosing your music for your wedding, and I appreciate your taking the time. Carrie, thank you so much. This has been an honor for me, and I, uh, I always love talking about the job that I do because I, I love working for Disney, and I certainly enjoy playing weddings. So that is uh, it's a lot of fun. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>